My name is Felicia Danani. Hi, and I'm Shivani Malhotra. As two Indian women, one born in the U.S. and one born in India, and both of us from culturally charged backgrounds, we came into our marriages with the intention not to fail. But when we were faced with reality, we had to look inward. Our motive is to deconstruct generational cycles and conditioning around divorce. Divorce is not an ending, but a change in the relationship. It does not have to follow old stigmas. It can be whatever you want it to be based on your intention. This is our life guide to a conscious divorce. Welcome to the Lioness Pride podcast. Welcome everyone to episode 8 of the Lioness Pride podcast. We're so excited to be here again with all of you. Last week Felicia and I talked about living in our truth and connecting with our higher selves. It takes a clear set of values and a really strong intention to keep that rudder pointing to true north even when the current wants to sweep you away to some unintended location. So we hope that last week you were able to spend some time getting clear on what your values are and what's really important to you. So today we are in for a treat and we'd like to welcome Sultana Ali to the Lioness Pride podcast. Hello. Hi, Sultana. Thank you so much for being here. Um, so Sultana and I met actually back, I think it was 2008, when we both had the privilege to participate in the group study exchange program through the Rotary Club. And Sultana actually went to the Philippines the year prior and I was preparing to go to India um in a few months. And so she was part of the group that kind of got us ready and and helped understand this really unique program. Um and then we kind of lost touch and then later realized that we had some mutual friends here in Orlando and then have reconnected a bit through this shared journey that we have. Uh Sultana also works in communications. She teaches at a graduate level and volunteers to help support Uh, our local community. So Sultana, welcome and thank you so much for being here. It's so nice to be here with you Felicia and Shivani. Thanks for inviting me. Welcome Sultana. We're so happy to have you. So we're going to dive right in and if you could just tell us a little bit of your story um and what it was like for you stepping into the role of wife as well as a stepmother and and again you can tell us from a cultural standpoint but just kind of paint the picture for us a little bit i think you don't always know what to expect when you come into a marriage to begin with but then when you add in a child that's already there from a previous marriage it sort of sets everything into a uh, a completely different movie script so to speak you think you're getting this happily ever after you're going to be the bride and everything's going to be great and then um there's just so many different problems you could not possibly anticipate because there was already a relationship existing before that in some cases it might not have been fully healed and then there's this beautiful little child in in my case um who this is their childhood and the way i looked at it is this is his one and only childhood and so i wanted to make it special and unique and there were so many different things that changed quickly what started out as okay uh the child is with us 50% of the time became oops now i'm a full-time mom 
when his mom had moved mm. away and then she moved back and there was some other issues, legal, other things like that, that were just completely unexpected. And I think for myself, what I would say to anyone who's in a stepmothering experience or thinking about going into one, I would just say this issue of identity and integrity and values becomes even more important. And it's so easy to lose yourself and think, okay, I've got to do what's best for the family, but it's actually what's doing best for you that will keep you centered and also keep the family centered in a way, because it's so easy to get lost in very teeny tiny issues, whether it's things like um, custody schedules or, um, can you go to this uh, little league game or are you not invited or what's appropriate or what's not appropriate? And you have to really think about what's right for you and you have to kind of pick and choose your battles. And so I think what I had hoped to be this fairy tale happily ever after really did not become that. But I think going through that experience and coming out of it, I became a much better, clearer, more compassionate human being. And more importantly, I found my own authentic voice. Yeah, you know, when you say that, it's just so interesting, right? That sometimes life throws us so many different different things to navigate through. And, you know, it's it's what I was trying to say earlier. It's when those currents are coming our way, it's how do you stay centered and keep moving in the direction that, that stays true to you, which is not an easy thing to do by any means, right? And it, it's it's a lot of self-understanding and getting to know who you really are at the end of the day. And, you know, from what it sounds like, you were really able to do that through this process, which is amazing. Um, but when did you actually realize that, you know, maybe the marriage was not what you wanted and expected, and um, when you did come to this realization, um, what were your biggest fears? Was it like more the cultural stigmas or was it just, you know, your own? Uh, I think we all go through just feelings of so many, so many emotions that come up, grief and shame and all of those things. And how did you process and get through through that phase? Mm-hmm. I remember thinking early on, OK, we're going through this hard time. Um, I just got to put my needs a little bit on the back seat. But I just kept saying that over and over again. I mean, every week, every day, it became that. And I remember one morning, a few years in, I woke up and I actually had an experience of waking up and not knowing where I was. And it was like this innocent childlike state where I realized my life did not look like me. There was really not much in my life that looked like me. I still had my job and that was the most like me that I had. That was really my stability and security, but nothing else looked like me. It didn't feel like me, whether it was my day-to-day routines or uh, who I was interacting with. I had had friendships that had ended, close friendships, and I was really unhappy. I had put on weight, um, which for me uh, was not who it's not in line with who I am. And and Felicia knows this because we've known each other for years. I'm very, a very healthy person. I run, I swim, I cycle. I'm, I'm very fit and focused on fitness and I have to be because I have some health conditions. And so for me, it was just, I did not even feel like myself. I looked in the mirror. I didn't recognize myself. And so there was this moment of 
what am I going to do about it? And so I became conscious about trying to be who I was, my full self inside of the marriage. And every time I tried to do that, it was, um, it was not accepted. In fact, it was rejected. And I really tried. And, and when I say like, I tried everything, I mean, I really tried everything, whether that was counseling or, um, you know, I was working on myself, doing meditation, doing yoga, exercising. I took charge of my health and it still wasn't working. And I would just boil it down to incompatibility. It was just, we were just completely incompatible. And what he wanted out of the marriage was completely different than what I wanted out of the marriage. Even if we said at the beginning that we wanted the same things, the day-to-day lived experience, how you feel day-to-day really, really matters. And you have to remember that because it's easy to do these broad strokes and go, oh, overall, I'm happy. But think about how you feel when you wake up in the morning, how you feel when you go to bed. Do you feel like yourself? Does your life look like you? Do you actually feel like you can say what's on your mind? And when you can't and you find yourself censoring more than revealing, um, that's an issue, especially when you're a person who wants your partner to be your best friend and you want to feel like you can show up fully and authentically. And so for me, the fear came in of actually completely losing myself. And I had lost myself Mm. inside of the marriage. And that was not a life I wanted to live anymore. And I really tried to make it work. I did everything possible to make the marriage work until, you know, I had put in my, my share and the other, my partner was not really putting in his share. He wanted things on his terms and there's nothing wrong with that. I want him to be happy. I want him to have a good life, but there was just a basic incompatibility there. I think so many of us can relate to what you just said. I, I, I'm Felicia. Yeah, please. Yes. Yeah. You know, I wanted to point out because Sultana, you posted something and I was reading it recently and it was that um, you it wasn't that you were unhappy in the marriage, but that was because happiness was your nature. It was something of that sort that like um, and I think it's interesting to say it like that because I it resonated with me because that was similar to my situation was where from the outside, I looked happy, but I was happy, but that's just because that's who I am. Exactly. And you kind of, you use that as a justification to stay in something that you know, isn't where you can be yourself. And I think an important thing to point out is like when, when we stop growing into who we are and when we stop having that ability to to be our true selves, um, even though we feel good on a day-to-day basis, we might be quote unquote happy, but that's just because that's us individually showing up with joy every day, not to be mistaken with what's happening around us. And I just think that was such an, and a beautiful thing you pointed out because it's true. A lot of times, especially women um, go, well, it's not that bad, right? Like I'm okay. It's not, but, but we are on the other hand, trying everything and, 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 and really feeling like we're losing ourselves, but we're not necessarily, you know, curling up in a ball and not getting out of bed. Right. Right. right? And when, and that's the thing, it's that that balance of energy where if you're spending more energy on the marriage than you're spending to just take care of yourself and what you need to be happy and exist, that was the imbalance. And of course I'm a Libra. And so I want things to be in balance. And there is that cultural stigma of divorce. I mean, like my parents divorced, 
the last thing I ever wanted was to have a divorce. I did not. It was like a failure. It was like a big F, a big I, I'm, and I'm a, and I'm a, an academic person, right? Um, I did not want an F on my relationship report card. I was going to do everything to make this work. But this is your life. Your life is now. And this is not a pass or a fail. The only failure in life and somebody, I remember reading this somewhere, the only failure is when you fail to learn a lesson. Yeah. Wow. Right. That's so powerful. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. I think what you just said was, I think so many women out there can relate. I know I can relate specifically to two things that you just said, which is my life didn't look like me and being my full self was not accepted. Yeah. You know, I think just those two things, it just makes you want to stand up and say, you know, and, and it happens to all of us. I think we reach that point where we just look back and we feel like what happened here? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't recognize who I am anymore. I don't feel like myself. And I know that was a wake up. That was the wake up call for me is I just stopped feeling like myself. Yeah. And it's important to know who you are to, to be able to even recognize that, which is really important. Absolutely. And, and going into that, um, did you go into this relationship having a very clear understanding of who you were? Or was that something that more and more uncovered as, um, you know, as a mirror? And how did these two relationships, being a wife, being a mother, how did they mirror back to yourself um, areas that maybe were unhealed for you? It's such a good question. I knew myself really, really well. What I did not know is how to, how to create boundaries around that self inside of a relationship. Um, I knew exactly who I was. I was authentically living my life. I had actually spent the year before that going to um, just support groups, um, healing childhood trauma um, that I had had and been carrying around for years. I didn't date anyone for the year before that. I, I was just like, no man is going to come within a 10 foot <laughs> distance of me. I was very, very clear about that. That year before I had um, decided to be intentional and go back into like, I'm going to go back into online dating. And that was when I had met um, my, my husband at the time. So I knew exactly who I was. What I didn't know was what was okay and what was not okay inside of a relationship because I had had a paradigm from my childhood. And even though I knew that certain things were not okay, whether that was physical violence or other things like that, that were way out on the fringe, the thing was my scale of what was acceptable was was not actually okay. It wasn't actually okay for me. I just didn't know what was okay and what wasn't okay. I didn't know the difference because I had never been in a committed long-term relationship where I was living with somebody and doing all of that. And so I think sometimes people get caught up in, oh, well, he's not hitting you. Uh, It's not like, you know, this is happening. You're still working your Mm -hmm. job. You have your, you know, you're fine. But it doesn't take something so grandiose to be able to chip away at your soul, at your sense of self. And those small and tiny 
micro violations of self and even the self-betrayal where you betray what you know is right for you in order to continue to give. And we sort of glorify this martyr in society, whether it's mother or wife or woman, but, and there is something to giving, but when you give at the expense of yourself, and again, this is generational trauma, we're healing here, ladies, but when you continue to give at the expense of yourself, that can turn into resentment that can turn into regret. It can turn into anger that you then project on other people. And we've all been on the other side of that. It's not pleasant. And I just knew I was turning into a person that I really didn't like. I was starting to feel feelings like resentment, anger. And like you said, Felicia, I am a naturally happy, positive person. So I felt my innate nature changing and shifting because I was giving up so much of myself. And when you talk about that mirror, I think it's important to like, look at yourself in the mirror and say, do I like what I see? And it's not, do I have a sunspot? It's, do I, do I recognize myself? Do I feel comfortable enough with myself and in integrity to look in my two eyes? And I loved being a mom. I loved that part of things. Oh my gosh, I could, I could do that forever. I loved taking care of my stepson. I loved um, finding ways to just deal with the little challenges. I potty trained him. You know, I was the one who helped teach him to read. These were gifts of life. And I would never give that up for anything. And that's why I have zero regret about the experience because I invested in him in a way that will last him the rest of his life. And that's a beautiful thing. And we still are able to maintain a relationship. I don't see him as often, but I still get to see him, which I'm super grateful for. But I think it's not like when you get out of a relationship, when you know you've truly forgiven is when you don't have that regret about it, where you can say, I'm actually grateful for this experience because I know what I learned. Again, the fail, the only failure is when you fail to learn, but when you can actually say mm-hmm. thank you to this person's spirit for teaching me, even if it was not a happy, wonderful experience, you know, you've truly forgiven. Yeah. It's, you know, and that yeah, that forgiveness is such a key component. And, um, you know, that's something we're, we're, we're going to be diving deeper into and touching on in, in, a, in future episodes. But um, you said something before I lose my thought um, that, you know, I, I feel like from a cultural standpoint, even generational, we hear this relationships are compromised. You know, that's just part of it. And we don't actually know what the difference of compromising ourselves versus mm-hmm. compromising in a situation. Like that's never been taught to us. So I feel like we go into this um, not really knowing where are the boundaries, like what's the gray area. So if I allow you to say this, is that compromise, even though I feel like shit? Like, I don't know. Where's the compromise? It's such a broad spectrum, but. We use that all the time. Relationships take compromise. That's the only way they work. And so, you know, like like you, I also allowed things that I shouldn't have allowed and 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 dealt with it only because I didn't I didn't know. I just thought, well, that's the compromise, right? Like right. The compromise is myself and my own integrity and my own like <laughs> we don't know because nobody explains it in depth to us but you're right when you look in the mirror and you can say I am not myself I do not see myself in my life that is a key indicator right. and no matter 
whatever else is happening, um, we have to do that and check in often, even, even if we're not in a relationship, but to check in with ourselves and go, am I living my life where I am showing up as me? Am I seeing myself in the life Mm -hmm. I'm creating? Um, because too often, even, even with family, even with, you know, we compromise, we do what we think is, you know, the good thing to do, the right thing to do, being the good daughter, the good girl, that whatever. And we just, we, where's the, where are the lines? The other thing too, yeah. And that clarity too, I think a really important thing is that it's never 100% responsibility is, or 100% of the blame is on one person. I think sometimes we want to create a villain, like who's the bad guy, you know? And, and even when you are going into the divorce process, people are like, what did he do to you? Or, you know, and, and I'm not into that. Like, I'm not down for that because look, I have to take 100% accountability for my part, just like he has to take hundred percent accountability of his part. And I, you know, when I had that realization, like you were just talking about Felicia of looking in the mirror and not recognizing myself, it was then my responsibility to say, how do I now show up for my life? It's not like, okay, I need to get out of this marriage. It's no, I need to be authentic. Let me be authentic and see if this, if I can be authentic in this marriage and see if I, if, if it will work and it, and it just didn't, I could not be myself in the marriage. The marriage did not fit me. It's like putting on an outfit that you want to fit you. And it's a beautiful outfit and you love the outfit on the hanger and you put it on and it never fits. And so you try to change your body in 10,000 different ways and it doesn't fit. And at some point you have to let go of the outfit. Yeah. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. And it's all part of this change, I think, that we're currently going through, um, having been handed out, handed down a very patriarchal system that uh, I think a lot of women like Sultana, you, myself and Felicia um, have realized doesn't work for us. And, you know, part of that change is all of us stepping forward and saying no. We're not even okay with these micro edits or censoring or ways we have to edit ourselves from being fully who we are, right? And I think that's that's a change for both us as women, but also for men. I think they are also equally learning, um, you know, a new way. And sometimes it takes these messy situations for this learning to happen and, and for the next generation to see something different. So that's how I tend to look at it that, you know, this is all part of a broader change and there is something very valuable that's happening by us standing forward and saying that, you know what, it's not even okay that I give up a small part of myself. Yes, compromises are needed, but uh, not to the expense of, of, you know, what I am here to do in this world. Absolutely. And who I'm meant to be. I think, um, you know, Sultana, you said something that could be interesting. So let's say if there's any listeners that are going through um, a difficult time in their relationship, if you're able to recognize it while you're in the relationship and do this process where you're taking responsibility and taking action and then bring your authentic self forward and see if it fits, that's an incredible practice. And maybe I, I, um, I see it and it points out to me because for me, 
I didn't realize that until I was out of the relationship. Ah. And I couldn't take responsibility until I was out of it and didn't necessarily have that opportunity to then show up as myself. It was just at that time, I thought, well, this is me. I don't understand what's the problem here. Um, And it wasn't until it was over, I had some time to disconnect from the whole thing, go through my own process and then realize and go, now this makes more sense. I get it. Um, Whereas had I maybe had the know-how or the knowledge to do it while I was in it, it could have looked different, but I don't know. Not that it's, you know, a regret, but understanding that now we do have listeners that are in relationships and it would be, um, you know, a, a beautiful process for them to be able to do what you did and, and to say, does it fit? Or am I trying to put something on that will never fit who I am? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? And I think a couple of key things there first and foremost, is getting some spaciousness. When we think of space, oh, I need space, I need space. That can be offensive to the other person, but saying I need to create some spaciousness in my heart, in my system, in my life. And so spaciousness can look a few different ways. It can be something as simple as um, having some physical space within your home that's kind of off limits, at least certain times of the day where you can go and do meditation, do journaling, do yoga, have a, have a space for you. Not everybody has that. I know I did not have a physical space for me within my home. And so that was a real challenge. So for me, having um, my time running was super important and having that alone time and solitude, but also, you know, I took a couple of uh, weekend trips away by myself and I did some hiking and I spent time by myself to really get clear about what's true for me. What do I value? Because the thing is some values stay the same and some shift, right? I think about the things I believed about marriage when I was a teenager in my twenties, very different, very different. And so I had a chance to sort of consult and meet back with the values of my younger self and say, well, is my anger about the situation because I had this value and it turned out not to be true. And actually, is that something I still care about? And actually assessing and doing a values audit where I went through and thought about each of Mm -hmm. these different values, whether it was things like financial independence or um, sharing, um, sharing chores or, you know, and not even the simple things, but also the big things about having conversations, emotional connection, how, and and the small things too, how you spend time together, that really, really matters to me, especially the small things really matter. And so I was able to sort of look at my values around all these different things and see that while there were some things that aligned, a lot of the big things did not. And I had fundamentally shifted who I was around certain values, because again, we get back to the cultural piece. Some of the things I was taught I just don't believe in anymore. That's not me. Those were things that were prescribed to me and told this is right. This is wrong. I think there's a lot of gray area and I live inside of that gray and we all do. And we don't want to acknowledge it. Well, we're having messy conversations now because there's a lot of gray and you have to figure out what shade of gray is right for you and where you want to live. Somebody else's shade of gray. Awesome for them. That's great. They're living their truth. But what is your truth? Have you become cynical about relationships at all? Do you believe that there is actually this field out there where two people can step inside without compromising who they are 
<laughs> what does that look like for you? Now? Oh my gosh, what a good question, Shivani. You know, when I first, when we first separated, when I first separated in my marriage, I was jaded. I was really not feeling good about, you know, relationships, period. Like, why would anyone do this? I was, and I knew that I knew that I was in a negative space. I didn't want to be in that negative space. I spent six months just feeling sorry for myself and moping. And I I had moved out and I was living on my own and I was figuring out, okay, what do I like? And I got to design my place. And as I started to do those physical things, I started putting my life back into my life. I started putting the pieces back together. I started doing the things I loved again. And I came back to myself and my word for this year, I always like to pick a word as opposed to resolutions. My word for this year was reclamation because I was reclaiming the parts of myself, not all of myself. Sometimes we go, oh, I lost. Why did I get married? I lost that old self. Well, some of those pieces needed to go. Mm-hmm. That's okay. You can release that. But what are the pieces you want to reclaim? What have you learned? Um, and so that you can put this new you together. And as I started to put the new me together, um, I realized that I actually want to be in a relationship. And I, but the thing is, I was not in a space to know my boundaries and to know what was okay and what wasn't okay and to approach conflict in a way that protected my voice. You don't have to agree 100% of the time in a relationship. In healthy relationships, you don't always agree. It's how you go about discussing issues. It's how you go about approaching conflict where you can each have mutual respect and work through issues that strengthens the relationship. And if you say, here's what I need from you during a tough time, and that person can respect it and you can do the same for them. That's a beautiful thing. I have learned because of my childhood trauma, I have certain triggers that will be with me for the rest of my life. And so being with somebody that understands those triggers to protect my heart, that's key to a relationship. But I also have to communicate that. And the other person is going to have their own and they've got to communicate that. So I do believe it's possible. I'm not jaded, but I do believe that it's two whole people coming together to individuals, as they say, looking out in the same direction, but not trying to um, complete each other, you know, not mm-hmm. trying to say like, oh, I've got a big hole in me, come fill this hole. It's your responsibility to make me happy. That doesn't work. So true. You shared so many beautiful nuggets with us today, Sultana. There's so much to, you know, revisit. I think all of us are going to have to revisit this conversation. There was so many just amazing <laughs> yes. pieces of, of knowledge and wisdom here. Um, so obviously, I mean, as you, as we all know, you know, when we go through difficult situations, it really is an opportunity for growth and for self-discovery. Um, so, I mean, we, we're going to run out of time soon, but what lessons or maybe a practice or book recommendations can you leave uh, our listeners with so that, you know, maybe they can actively work through this process of self-discovery on their own? Mm, I love that. One of the books I read that really woke my soul up was The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. It's a beautiful book. Um, And one of the quotes that really spoke to me, he said, there is nothing more important to true growth than realizing that you are not the voice of the mind. You are the one 
who hears it. Mm -hmm. And what that means to me is that sometimes we so identify with our thoughts. We think that we are our thoughts, but we are the thinker of our thoughts. And what that means is that your mind can change. Your life can change. You get to choose your thoughts. You get to choose them. Thoughts are going to come up. Fears are going to come up. Anxieties are going to come up, but you don't have to identify with them. It's identifying with it and thinking you are that thought that leads to the unhappiness, the sadness, the negative feelings. So when you can step back and be the observer of your thoughts, and I think meditation helps you do that. Yoga helps you do that. Um, it can really, really help you. So that's, that's definitely one thing. And then um, the other thing is just meditation. And um, did you, did you want me to do a short meditation? Absolutely. That would yeah. be amazing. Great. So if from wherever you're listening, I would just sit still and put your feet on the floor and feel grounded. If you have shoes on, take them off just so that you can feel whatever is beneath your feet. If there's any noise in the background turn that noise down. You want to just feel what's in the room, what's inside of your heart. And I want you to just close your eyes and take a second to breathe and let the breath come in. And as the breath comes in, just feel it come into your body and count for three inside your mind. And then let that go. And as you let it go, I want you to put your hand on your belly and to feel the air come out and then breathe in. and breathe out. And as you breathe in and breathe out, I want you to breathe in. And as you breathe in, breathe all the goodness and all of the things that you want in your life, beauty, respect, love, freedom, joy, bliss. And as you breathe out, release your fears unhappiness, sadness, fear, anxiety. Every out breath, you're releasing the negative. You're releasing anything that you're afraid of. And on the in breath, you're breathing everything that you want to validate, everything you need, you're affirming it. And I want you to feel it in your body, filling you up. And as you fill up your body with these good words, feel this white light starting here from the center of your head, your crown chakra, and just feel that growing inside your body, this white, pure light. It's healing. Feel that warmth just filling your body. Feel it coming down your arms, into your chest, into your abdomen as you breathe in and out, and all the way down your legs. So that's white, pure healing light is filling your entire body and your spirit. Breathe in. Breathe out. And as you breathe in and out, I want you to just repeat silently to yourself. I am whole. I am worthy. I am good. I am deserving. I am whole. Breathe in. 
and breathe out. And when you're ready, just open your eyes and take that energy into your day. Thank you so much for that. I feel, I just feel replenished. (laughs) It's short, it's easy, but it's, it works. Yeah. You know, sometimes taking those small moments, like you said, whether it's physical space or it's something like this, just giving our, um, our minds and our bodies, this spaciousness that it needs to start to reclaim who we are. Um, I think is important. And no matter where we are, whether in relationships or not, or, you know, looking for um, to get into a relationship, these are practices that continue to help us grow into ourselves. And that is the most important relationship that we will ever have in this world. Yes. So, Sultana, this was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your journey so candidly and so many beautiful lessons. Um, Sultana also has her own podcast with um, called Just Shy that you guys can join her and listen uh, along with Amy, who is just amazing. And it is on all of the podcast platforms that you guys listen to your favorite podcast on. So take a listen. They've got some great stuff on there. Um, And join us next week. We are going to be talking about conscious parenting and conscious co-parenting. So we look forward to seeing you guys then. Take care. Bye-bye.